and welcome to the Slasher Tonic Podcast, the Slasher Pod on the Rocks. I'm your host, Troy Rollette, self-proclaimed slasher enthusiast, and uh, I like to say I'm a sadist too because I make my friends who aren't as much slasher enthusiasts as I am watch the movies and talk to them, or talk not talk to them. I guess I guess you are kind of talking to I them. I mean, I'm talking with you. You're, t- you're talking or... with me about them. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to say what your name is? Yeah. Okay, so I didn't segue. I didn't segue you into an intro, no, introduction. You didn't. Well, I'm sorry. So, so we like to take things, you know, naturally here at the uh, the Slasher Tonic Pod. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry for being so rude. But I'm today joined by a lifelong friend and college sweetheart, Christianism. Hello, hello. And what's I- your name? Hello, my name is Christianism. I'm not too sure about the whole college sweetheart part. Um, and I also met him five years ago. Yeah, so. I, that was something that we were going to talk about because the movie we're talking about today is, you know, it has to do with college and a college that's very reminiscent of the college that we went to. Yeah, yeah. Um, has there, I feel like it's been more than five years, it's right? Probably, I think it's been six. It's been almost six years. So Christian and I went to a, uh, a small private liberal arts university. Um, a Christian university. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to a small <laughs> private Christian uh, university, um, which is much like the uh, the college that we'll be discussing today. So it was kind of like taking a trip down memory row, or lane as they call it. But I wouldn't say that it was exactly like what happens in this movie. Um, it was nothing like it was, what happens <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> there are definitely some things that, that, that went down at Carson Newman that, you know, that allowed us to bond and become friends. Um, but I mean, as far as, you know, our friendship, it stems back almost, almost six years ago. Do you remember the first time you saw me, Christian? Yeah, I do. I do. We were, um, so we were at our freshman orientation block party. Yeah. That's, that's something that our college did. You did, you had orientation yeah. groups and yeah. yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it's, it's an experience. Yeah. Yeah. I remember he was just sitting with my friend group and I was like, who's this guy? And here we are today. We live together. We do live together. I guess that's a that's something else we should have said. We're roommates. Um, we're living the sitcom life. Um, friends. Uh, I guess the uh, the sequel. Yeah, it's uh, a, all the situation minus the comedy. <laughs> there is no laugh track at all. Nothing. <laughs> um, today, before we get into uh, talking about you know what movie we're going to be discussing and all that. Um, we kind of buried the lead with talking about college but, and everything. And I think the name of the episode will also kind of, you know, uh, give it away. But um, I like to sort of uh, uh, have the, the co-hosts um, go into their slasher experience or their experience with slashers. If they have any, if they don't, do you like any slashers? If so, what are they? Um, yeah, yeah. So as far as slashers go, I've probably seen a lot. Oh, wow. Okay. A lot. Okay. Bold. <laughs> I've, you know, I think my favorite slasher is um, Nightmare on Elm Street. That is a good one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, you guys might have heard of it. 1984. Wait, which one? The first one. The first one. Okay. Yeah. 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 The um, second one's also. That's yeah. the one with uh, Frankie, right? Frankie, Frankie Krueger. Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fringe slasher podcast, Christian. We don't know anything about actual, like, like mainstream slashers. Okay, I'm sorry. I was, I was not aware of that, that. That's cool, though. What do, what do you like about Nightmare on Elm Street? I like that it's, I, I think I like that it's different. It is different. You know? It's imaginative. Yeah, yeah. Man lives in a dream world. 
Instead like of the you. physical world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will I will say this. So with that being one of your favorite slashers, Nightmare on Elm Street, do you, have you ever had a dream where Freddy is, has been in, in there with you? Not that I know of. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I don't I don't remember. Well, yeah, I guess you wouldn't remember. What if I do sometimes think, what if we are in this weird simulation where Nightmare on Elm Street is actually real life and we keep getting killed in our dreams each night by Freddy, but then we just wake up again? Have you ever thought about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot say that I have. All right, all right. Um, Maybe that's just a me thing, but but that's cool though. Yeah. So Night Real Elm Street, you like that? That's your favorite slasher. Yeah. So have I know that we've watched a few others in college. We went through the Friday the Thirteenth, um, some of the Halloweens too. Uh, I think we've watched some of the Screams together. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other favorites or no? Or... Um, there's there's one that came out recently. It's called Final Girls. I've heard of that movie, but I haven't seen it. It's actually, it's really good. It's really good. Is that the one where, um, is that the one where the, uh, it takes place like after the girl that I might be thinking about a different movie. Is it, is it like it follows the final girl after she's been or no? Okay. That's no, not the, no. Okay. So, so yeah, tell me about is, this one. Like, <clears throat> it's these, it's this group of friends, right? Mm-hmm. They get to see, um, see this movie and, um, one of the friends, her mom is she plays the final girl in the movie and then um they get sucked into the movie oh yeah Uh, yeah, okay i have heard of this movie and i feel like it's i don't know if it's on amazon but i feel like i put it on a watch list or something but i haven't watched it i haven't watched a lot of the modern slashers but it's definitely something that i would like to uh uh do but okay i'll put i'll I'll definitely add that on there that's really good when did you watch that oh probably like two months ago two or three months ago okay so you'd recommend? Yeah, I would recommend. That's funny. I didn't see it on your letterbox. Well, you know, I, I'm i not the kind of person who <laughs> updates my letterbox. I've been trying to get Christian to uh, update his letterbox. You know, it's, it's just like a continual effort just it, to no avail. But that's beside the point. <laughs> I digress. Um, so, okay. So you've got some experience in the slasher genre. You've seen a lot. Yeah. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. That's that's a good point. I I would say that I guess we'll just go ahead and uh, reveal the you know the film that we're talking about today. Um, I nineteen eighty one the Jimmy Houston directed slasher piece Final Exam. I would say that it's a little different than Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's very different. From it, 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 Elm Street. It, it, it's a it's a little bit different. Um, I would say that you know you you have the young people. Um, they're college age kids now. Um, you don't necessarily have the uh, the backstory at all no. of the yeah the killer that you would get in Freddy Krueger. Um, I I I think that uh, uh, yeah I, I this will just be a fun one to 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 get into. There's there's quite a few things to 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 talk about when it comes to the good old final exam. But uh, uh, so we watched it together. What was it on Friday? Yeah, last Friday. Last Friday. Okay. So I had seen it uh, about a year before that. And at this point, I've seen it, I think, four times in total, like my entire life. The 24 years that I've been alive, I've seen final exam four times. So 90 minutes, 90 times four, that's 360. So 360 minutes have been devoted to final exam. And then and then other research as well, you know, for this podcast. Um, So you saw it once. I got to imagine it kind of kind of blew you away. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 
I think it honestly would blow anybody away. Um, I, 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 we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But, but, but yeah. So today we're going to be talking about final exam. Um, we'll, we'll get into our, you know, initial thoughts here in a second, but, uh, um, it's, it's, it's a doozy. I'll tell you that much. It's, it's a wild ride. It is a wild ride, a wild man ride. If, if you will. <laughs> um, but uh, before we uh, get into a deep dive on and, and dissecting Jimmy Houston's Slasher Peace Classic 1981's final exam, um, we, uh, we got we to gotta go ahead and, and knock out the other part of this podcast. Um, and that's the, uh, the on the rocks part. So, uh, you know, we are a, uh, not only a slasher podcast, but we're a slasher podcast accompanied by a little bit of booze. Um, so we are of age. We so. are of age. We are, like I said, I'm 24. Christian, how old are you? I'm 24. Oh, yeah, yes. that's right. We are the same we are, age. We are the same age. I thought you were like 33 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, we, for those that are new, um, we basically craft drinks um, that we will drink uh, during the recording of each episode based on or inspired by the movie that we're covering. Um, so the drink today is inspired by Jimmy Houston's 1981 final exam. And, uh, well, should I go ahead and tell him what it is, Christian? Go for it. Well, today, and you guys feel free, you know, you've probably already seen it on the socials and everything, but, um, if you, if you haven't noticed already, we're, we are sipping on today is what we are calling the Lanier College saint dog <laughs> now before i get into explaining the ingredients there's there's so many um i'll get into the uh, the explanation as to why it's called the uh, lanier college saint dog so lanier college obviously because that's the college that uh, the, primarily the film takes place at so there's that and then there's a saint dog aspect you're asking yourself troy what the hell is a saint dog well, this is, you want to know about deep dives. So I've been, I've been analyzing every nook and cranny of this movie, and I've noticed a flaw in Final Exam. Um, well, it may not be a flaw. It'll be up to the, to the, to the listener to decide for, you know, to us to, to talk about. But uh, if, uh, if you're very familiar with uh, Final Exam, you'll, you'll, you'll remember that uh, a very, very um, heartwarming, endearing character, Pledge Gary, um, is uh, doing the evil deed or carrying out the evil deed of stealing the uh, the exam. Do you remember what like it's, class it's for? I was I was led to believe that it was the chemistry exam that they had already taken. Now see that that it would not this movie it would not surprise me if that were the case. It, it's it's but because they've already taken the chemistry exam, but so also, you have to think they they go to like a D six <laughs> school. <laughs> They do go to a D six school, so it's like a maybe maybe it's like a chemistry exam in two parts. I don't know. Yeah. So it, <laughs> so Pledge Gary is going to to, to uh, steal an exam for uh, for Alpha Gamma, the uh, the uh, fraternity he's rushing for um, and trying to get initiated into. But he quite literally sneaks or or jumps over. I've never seen a classroom like this. Have you? Like one where the there's like a it, there's a door, but then there's a ton of space above the yeah, door. Yeah. I've never seen that, but basically it, it, it allows a little, a little hoodlum like this guy to a little, a little, uh, uh, I don't a know ruffian. what you, a little what? A ruffian. A ruffian. Yeah. Yeah. To, uh, to basically hop and grab the test. But anyways, in that moment when he is hopping over the door into the classroom, you see on top of the door, a little piece of paper that says go saints. Okay. So you're, you're, you're led to think, okay, maybe this is the linear college mascot, the saints. But later on in the film, when uh, when Radish is in the locker room, or no, it might be Mark. 
regardless, when they're in the locker room, you see football jerseys up on the on one of the top lockers that says dogs on the jersey. So is, is, is so we have two two uh, um, theories here, two two possibilities. One, there's a lack of continuity here. And there was maybe some, uh, some maybe debatable set about, you know, what the mascot for Linear College was. So one just said, okay, it's going to be the Saints. And maybe like the script supervisor uh, just totally forgot. And uh, they didn't even think about it when they were, you know, coming up with the, uh, the production design or like dressing the locker room with the, with the, with the jerseys that say dogs. Um, or maybe the professor... Uh, this professor's office, whoever, whoever, whatever professor this is, because I, I don't think it's the chemistry professor. I don't think it's old Dr. Reynolds. Um, they might be a New Orleans Saints fan, and maybe that's the case. And then Linear College is just maybe the Bulldogs or the Dogs. I, I don't know, but the, the, I, it's not tracking. I was just going to say, their college is in North Carolina, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is in North Carolina. But I don't know if the film really wants you to know that. <laughs> I don't know if final exam is like we're in North Carolina, well, but they, they say it. They do say they? It. Yeah. Do they? The sheriff says it. Ah, man. Okay, I missed that. Now I know that like the sheriff has like a like a little patch on the side of his uniform. Maybe I should have looked at that a little bit more. Um, but I knew that it was filmed in North Carolina. But I, you know, I was thinking that it could just be like a like a phantom college that takes place, you know, <laughs> anywhere, <everywhere>. any everywhere. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so that's why it's called the Linear College Saint Dog, um, because there's some confusion about whatever the mascot is for Linear College, because on the professor's door it says "Go Saints," and in the locker room there's jerseys that say dogs on it. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. We're going to have to get Jimmy Houston, the director on the podcast, and we're going to have to really ask him. Call him up. Yeah, call him up expose <laughs> style. But uh, okay, so what's in this uh, this um, Lanier College St. Dog Christian? Well, we, we, we've got it in hand. I think my ice has not really melted fully yet. Uh, it doesn't even clink anymore. I just took a drink. So the Lanier College St. Dog, is, um, please drink responsibly if you're drinking along with us. Um, it contains Irish whiskey inspired by Radish and his final exam tradition of drinking Irish whiskey um, during every final exam period, I guess. So that's ingredient number one, any brand of Irish whiskey. Number two, off-brand Coke <laughs> inspired by, well... I should say this, and 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 this. I don't want to. I don't want to jump the gun here, but let's just say this movie has kind of an off-brand discount quality to it, and I think we would be remiss if we used a name brand. So we'll get into why, but you have to use Irish whiskey and an off-brand Coke, so a cola or whatever, which is inspired by the off-brand nature of the movie, and then also you'll remember that Courtney goes to a vending machine in the movie and grabs a Pepsi Cola. There you go. So that's inspiration number two, ingredient number two. The third inspiration is going to be cherry grenadine. So you've got Irish whiskey, then you've got off-brand Coke. I'm forgetting three ingredients, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and, you've got, and you've got cherry grenadine inspired by two things. You can look at it this way. It's A, either inspired by the blood that's spilled in the movie, or B, 
imagine that wild man has uh, removed his whipped cream covered jersey and you're and it's wet and you're wringing it uh. and all the red jersey dye is just sort of sip seeping into the drink and the irish whiskey and the off-brand coke and that gives it that extra pun intended cherry on top flavor say his whipped cream well yeah because because yeah when when pledge gary has his uh, you know his true, big moment he, he literally I, I, yeah we'll talk about that but um but yeah so that is all the contents of the linear college saint dog irish whiskey off-brand coke and cherry grenadine what do you think christian it's pretty good it is pretty good i i will say that i think it's i think it's our best one yet we haven't done that many episodes yet, but uh, but I think it's it's one of our best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of our best. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so feel free. I hope you're drinking along with us. Maybe you're just drinking some water, some lemonade. You know, we we, we don't mind, but please drink responsibly. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we've covered a little bit about us, our backstory. I, I mean, I don't really ever go into my slasher um, enthusiast history because. You can't question it. It's just I'm a self-proclaimed slasher enthusiast, and uh, I can't really go into it too much. So uh, I'm, I'm just here to learn about you, Christian, and yeah, final I, exam. It's perfectly fine. It's okay. perfectly fine. Okay, okay. So we've covered you, Christian. We were college sweethearts. Uh, um, I don't know. We, we, were, we were. We um, were friends. We're, <laughs> we're roommates. They were roommates. Um, so we went to college together. We talked about your slasher history. We talked about the movie that we're going to be talking about today a little bit, final exam. 1981, Jimmy Houston directed slasher piece, and then we talked about the uh, the uh, the booze that'll be accompanying us on this journey. So, before we get into our segments and really start dissecting this film, let's uh, let's talk about our initial thoughts, Christian. I'll, I'll I'll throw it over to you. Initial thoughts, nothing to 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 maybe Just a paragraph, vague, three to four vague. sentences. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. You know, tell tell me what you think of final exam. So, what I think is. <laughs> I could, know it takes your breath away. All I'm going to say is it could have been better. <laughs> Come on. Man. I mean, what do you want me to say that, you know, it could have been it better. Lacks. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. So, so it could have been better. Yeah, it could have been better. It it, it lacks character depth. Mm. Uh, there's no character there's no character story. I didn't oh, yeah. feel anything for these people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? That's fair. Uh, I I disagree with you to a, to to one point on one character. Well, uh, yes, there yeah. was one character that was like, man, I hope, I hope this person does not die. Yeah, yeah. And it happened. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you, you think that it could have been better. Yeah. Um, you think that the characters weren't as developed. It was a little too surface level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, okay. the, the characters make or break the film. And the kills, you know, overall, yeah. did you, were you, were you? It wasn't satisfying. Okay. Not that, mm-hmm. not that, you know murder is satisfying or anything like that um but 911 I mean, like, uh, we got <laughs> in the context of the movie right right they yeah that's what's satisfying. that's what you go to these movies for in a, in a lot of ways um i don't want the police coming around here yeah 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 no i think it's okay you know this is recorded you know we might edit that out we're not gonna edit that out <laughs> okay so i'm following you okay it, it, and it, and i will say that when it comes to my my initial thoughts that i i i, I hear you I am on the same page as you when it comes to thinking that this movie is very surface level. Mm-hmm. It is very, uh, it is very generic and discount. Like I said, I, I would say that this movie, when you're talking about slasher films, uh, especially the early slasher films, like the you know the the early '80s, I think if you were to go into a 
a store, just maybe a grocery store, and basically, you know, all of it was just slasher films from the from the time period, maybe or or, or every slasher film that's ever been made. And then there is a, you know, a uh, classic 80s section, um, you know, where you've got, you know, your Nightmare on Elm Streets, you've got your Halloweens, you know, you, you got Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, you've got, you know, uh, some of these more, you know, mainstream horror films that, that really, you know, uh, stood the test of time. And then I think you've got, you know, how you, you have those discount bins. Oh, yeah. I think that this, this movie, Final Exam, has a very discount quality to it an off-brand discount quality that I think you would you would find in one of those off-brand bins. But at like the bottom of the bin. The bottom of the bin, okay. Yeah, maybe maybe a little more towards the middle. Okay. But definitely towards the bottom. Okay. Okay. And 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 I will say this. And you know that I have I have been held hostage by final exam for the last couple of days. I've I've analyzed all 2478 frames. Um every nook and cranny. And I think that I've become victim to a little bit of Stockholm syndrome, Christian. Because I think I, 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 I've come, the more that I've, that I've watched, the more that I've learned and, and researched, the more that I've come to appreciate this movie. And um, I won't go into it too much, but I will say that sort of the idea of this, um, sort of this generic surface level what you see quite literally is what you get mentality is sort of infused into every every fabric of this film's being yes. almost to a satirical degree um i it's like borderline satirical but i, I mean even at that point really the genre is still in its formative stages so it's not really it doesn't really have the license to be satirical and like but i think that Everybody has such a generic sort of character, exaggerated uh, uh, mentality about themselves in the whole movie as a whole that I think that I think that it it's discount and it's off brand, but I think it's it's so much so that it's lovable. I think and and you and I may disagree, but I I I I I've got some thoughts here, and I think that they're they're that that's all I'll say right now is I, I will just say that I think that it has some value. It's 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 surface level uh, 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 existence found its way into my heart a little bit. So uh, those are our initial thoughts. But we can't always agree on everything, Christian. That yeah, doesn't, no, that doesn't make for good, you know, podcasting. Oh, no, you know, it's, we, per- it's we, perfectly we, fine. He literally has a knife. Pulled right now. Dude, no. He literally he's waving it at me. I think what we need to do, we need to hop on into the bar and uh we need to 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 find some witnesses just in case Christian tries to covet me. So uh Christian, do you think we should, you know, move on into the 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 bar? And let's go uh, to the bar. Yeah, let's go to the bar and let's talk to our old bartender friend Hollis. And uh he's gonna tell us a little bit about the making and the backstory for uh the film in a segment that we like to call Hollis the Bartender. Wow. Coconut liqueur. I never had a coconut liqueur. What do you do? You take it straight or on the rocks? Mm -hmm. Well, anywhere you like it. Not for children. (laughs) It's the only thing to put on a liquor bottle. Okay. So, we're here with old Hollis. um, And, uh, you know he's given us some uh, some some good 
context, some good, some good information when it comes to, uh, you know, the behind the scenes, the making of this film. So as far as the research goes, um, so what I've come up with, it, it, this was an interesting project. When it, when I say that a discount generic surface level value is sort of, uh, uh, infused into every aspect of this film's being, it would also, that also applies to the making of it too. There's not a lot of information. there's not a ton of information. There's not like a, you know, a making of final exam or anything like that. There are some uh, interviews with, with actors, especially um, uh, Joel S. Rice, who played Radish in the film. Um, But yeah, there's, uh, there's commentary from Joel S. Rice, like interviews with him, like podcasts, stuff like that, uh, where he's given a little insight and like there's stuff on IMDb and Wikipedia and things like that. So I've I've compiled some information, um, that I've gathered. Um, so, uh, uh, as far as the making of the film goes, it was shot in six weeks from September 15th, 1980 to October 25th, 1980, um, at EO Studios in Shelby, North Carolina. Okay. Um, with some additional photography at Limestone College in South Carolina and Isothermal Community College in North Carolina. Honestly, Christian, I, I, I didn't expect you to, to go into the, uh, the, uh, the behind the scenes of it too much. Or maybe you didn't go to the behind the scenes because I was going to do some trivia with you on North Carolina, uh, the state in which it was filmed, and I was basically going to play a little drinking game with you and try to, to guess which state it was filmed at. I'm so sorry. I, I had it all worked up. I had you know, New Hampshire, Iowa, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Louisiana here. Where do you think it was filmed, Christian? North Carolina. When you don't even get to, you don't even have to drink now. Where's the fun in that? <sighs> Whatever. I, I, I it, it, it's okay. It's okay. It's my fault. I apologize, everyone. You did too much research, Christian. I didn't. I was do... trying to put you to the test. I was trying to give the audience, you know, what they I just want. watched the movie. <laughs> That's all I can ask. But so yeah, it was uh, filmed over the span of six weeks in North Carolina. Um, in the uh, the summer into early fall of 1980. Um, now, to have sort of a, a context of this movie at the time, so this film was made in 1980. Um, so this is pre... Well, no, it's not pre-Friday the 13th. So the interesting thing about this movie is... Uh, so Halloween came out in 1978. And this is where a lot of these early, you know, 1980, 1981 slasher films, they were sort of taking their inspiration from Halloween and sort of the template. Um Friday the 13th, the first one released in May of 1980. Um, so there, I, I think this this particular movie, Final Exam, shares more of a uh, uh, sort of a spirit with Halloween than it does Friday the 13th. Um, but I would say that, you know, in writing this film, Jimmy Houston, writer-director of 1981's final exam um, was probably aware of Friday the 13th's existence, and I think this is one of those films that is sort of spawned, um, kind of probably from not only Halloween but Friday the 13th as well. Um, I, he was probably at least aware of it; it was in his consciousness, you know, things like that. But um, that's sort of where we're at. I mean, it's pretty early as far as the uh, the slasher stages goes. I mean, 1980, you've got you've got Friday the 13th, you've got movies like Prom Night released that year, I think in in like July. So there might have been some influences there on sort of the making of and things like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think it was just a cash grab. You know, at that point, the slasher genre was starting to take its form, and people were like, "This is this is a moneymaker, and we'd be crazy not to to to." Um, to get on board with this but um 
essentially, um, this movie, as far as like the conceit of it and things like that, I don't have a lot of a lot of info on that. I do have some info on sort of uh, uh, as far as like the road to the making of. I don't have a lot of information on that. But if anybody does, you know, please let us know. Um, but I do know that uh, the film, obviously, I've said it multiple times, Jimmy Houston writer and director. So he wrote the screenplay, he directed it, so it's his baby. Um, I do know that, uh, and this was something that I think Joel S. Rice mentioned on a commentary, um, a DVD commentary, where he basically said that um, Jimmy Houston's idea for this film was sort of predicated on the idea that he was going to have a more character-centric focus where it was going to be more uh, sort of slice of life, kind of like, um, uh, I think he alluded to meatballs, kind of like a sex comedy uh, meeting a slasher. So like Animal House or something like that. So he kind of wanted to make it less about what he says is violence and gore, Jimmy Houston did, and more on uh, the actual characters and getting to know them. And, you know, I don't know how much, it, it, now I will say, it, 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 this might be one of those, I don't know, because you want to care about the characters, there's a balance. So it's interesting to go into this movie, it's an interesting take to say I'm going to focus more on the characters than I am in the violence and gore in a slasher movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I think you you definitely do see that. Um, I think that he was definitely interested in... Uh, sort of getting at that uh, uh, more character-driven slasher, you know, rather than one that was uh, just in-your-face blood gore, and then you're just, like, rooting for the for the uh, 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 the killer. And I think I can have, I think I can, um, I can appreciate that. I think, I, th- I think that comes across um, uh, pretty well when it comes to the characters and stuff like that, but... As far as uh, Jimmy Houston goes, um, have you heard of, uh, Christian, have you heard of any of these films? So Jimmy Houston, he's also directed films such as The Wharf Rat. You heard of it? No. Okay. That's a blind spot for you. My breast, my bet, my breast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, the drink's getting to me. My best friend is a vampire. You heard of that? I have not. How about SIBO? No. Death Driver? No. Dark Sunday? No. Well, Christian, it sounds like you've got a lot of Jimmy Houston catching up to do. Um, but yeah, so uh, Jimmy Houston has also directed those films. I have not seen any of those, uh, but maybe... Uh, look, look, I mean... <laughs> You're calling me out? Uh, man, I am the slasher enthusiast. I don't think there are any other... Uh, I don't I don't know if there are any... Maybe My Best Friend is a Vampire. Maybe that has some slasher-like tendencies in it. I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's not I mean, my job to dark, watch it. Dark Sunday sounds pretty... I, I, I did not look into the movies themselves, like, specifically, so maybe you're right. Maybe that is another slasher, but... Yeah, you're trying to make me look like a fool on this podcast. I mean, it's working, right? Right? Dang. <laughs> Dang. I know where you sleep, man. I'm just kidding. I love you, Christian. Um, so, basically, um, those are some other films uh, that old Jimmy Houston was responsible for. But, yeah, he was sort of wanting to get at a slice of life aspect. A slice of, like, uh, a slice of lice. Uh, lice. I can't. I can't. Today, speak. Junior. I, a slice of life approach to the characters in the film, rather than you know, uh, uh, blood and guts and things like that, uh, which I think he definitely does succeed in. Whether or not you know, you know, it's good. You know, we'll talk about that. Um, 
So as far as it's, uh, you know, it was a cash grab opportunity, obviously, you know, after Friday the 13th released in 1980. And I think there definitely probably was some promise here, some potential and probably some genuine interest in wanting to contribute his own, you know, uh, I guess commentary or lack thereof on on the slasher genre, his own his own artistic vision. But yeah, so he, I mean, he wanted to, you know, I, I like to think that old Jimmy Houston had had uh, had well intentions, and it wasn't all just a, a ploy for money, uh, and that maybe he really was trying to make something, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a cash grab. Um, at the same time, I think, I mean, it was it was the, the genre was sort of ripe for the picking. I mean. It was made on a budget of $363,000, um, grossed around $1.3 million at the box office, which isn't terrible. Um, it's not great when you, you know, if you measure it up to uh, uh, the more mainstream slashers of the time. But I would say that it made a pretty good return on investment. Um, I mean, I'd be interested to know sort of, because uh, I think, what, what you didn't you look at the inflation on that and it was like, 363000 was like a million or something? Yeah, it was like right over a million. Okay. So, I mean, they had quite a bit of money. Um, I mean, Halloween was was uh, 300000 I think it was less. So, um, I'm not I'm not comparing the two. But, uh, but uh, uh, you know, I mean, they, they, they definitely did what they could. And, you know, I think they turned out a pretty decent um, return on invest in, investment there. Um, one fun fact about this, it released in June of 1981. And uh, as far as it releasing nationwide goes, because I think it had sort of a limited release in like February and March or like, late winter, early spring, but then it released nationwide. Um, and it eventually made its way to number seven at the box office. Oh, wow. Number seven, Christian. Joining the ranks of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Have you heard of it? Yes. You might have heard of it. <laughs> Clash of the Titans. Superman 2. Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams. Those are just some of the movies that Final Exam was standing out amongst the rest with. Um now, I don't know if some of those movies were also in... Uh, I would like to imagine that Raiders of the Lost Ark... I think Raiders of the Lost Ark grossed like $360 million yeah. in, in 1981. That's really good. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I mean, it, 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 you know, it, was, it, was, it was up there with the, with the big dogs, and uh, it was ranked seven uh, at one point. So, I mean, you got to give it credit for that. But it wasn't uh, number one. It wasn't number one, no. But it, it, whoa, whoa, take it easy on my, on my, on my son, final exam, all right? <laughs> don't be mean to him just yet. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, you know, 1980, we're going to going to go out, make a slasher film. We're going to make one at a college. We're going to, we're going to do a little bit of uh, a merge between, you know, uh, a, a teen sex comedy and, uh, a slasher. And, uh, I think that was sort of the conceit of the film. Um, as far as the cast goes, it was mostly comprised of L.A. stage actors. So like, a lot of them were UCLA students. Um, I know the film was mostly shot in sequence, so literally when the, the character died, they would be done. So, I mean, that's a, that's a cool way to do it. Um, and the crew was utilized as extras. So pretty much all of the uh, the additional like students that you see are pretty much members of the cast and crew. Um, there's also a character. Do you know of any of the of any main characters? that uh, belong to the cast and crew? Because it'll be a surprise if, if, because I I can surprise you. Let's see here. Main characters? Someone. Coach? No, but that's a good guess. No? That's all I'm giving you. Okay. That's all I'm giving you. Um, But yeah, so the crew uses extras. I I don't know if it was independently produced. I know it was, it was produced through MPM, Motion Picture Marketing. Um, But I know, like, basically on the film, it was produced by John L. Chambliss and uh, Myron Measle. 
Oh. Um, and and John L. Chambliss direct or not directed. He produced Savage Streets. You ever heard of that one? I've I've seen the I've seen the poster for that one. I have seen that. I haven't seen the movie, but and Myron Measle, uh, he uh, produced films such as It's All True, The Oasis, Never Ring It Up. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, so there isn't a lot of information on the making of the film. There really isn't, unfortunately. Um, I would like to read. I wish there were. I, I would hope that there would be like a book published, um, maybe on the uh, uh, maybe on the making of it or something like that. That way we can really get a, a take a deep dive into the final exam backstory and everything like that. Oh, that would and be interesting. It, it would, because um, I think there's a lot of interesting things that you could sort of go into when it comes to this particular this particular film. It's just got a, a lot of uh, a lot of charm. Uh, it's got a lot of uh, uh, character or lack thereof. Uh, just depending on how you look at it. Um, but uh, one fun fact. So a novelization of the film was written, which and that was kind of a common thing. I know they did it with like a bunch of the Halloweens. Um, and I mean, I guess they still do it now. I guess it's kind of a trend to like make novelizations of movies. Like I, 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 I've seen it. Um, I know that it does happen, but yeah, there's a novelization of this film. It was written by uh, Jeffrey Meyer in 1981. It's out of print now, unfortunately. Um, but uh, there's Jeffrey Meyer. I did some research on him, and he has no other credits on Goodreads. He just wrote Final Exam. He's got that bored. was that was his <laughs> that was his thing. I mean, that's his magnum opus. Um, but basically, the story, from what I read, it expands on the development of the character. So maybe that's what you need if you're yeah. upset with you know the uh, the character development. Um, in the movie, because it does expand on the characters. It gives us a name for both the March College quarterback and his girl. Okay. Um, so we learn that their names are Dana and John, and we'll get into that. Um, but I wouldn't have known if I wouldn't have done research on uh, Jeffrey Meyer's novelization. Um, but uh, it went out of print, like I said. But uh, there are two copies on Amazon that you can purchase for $70. That's a lot of money. Is it really that much money? It, 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 let me ask you this. For a book? Is, for a book? This this would uh, this would give you the key to everything that you're looking <laughs> you for in this movie. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not editing this out. This would give you this would give you the uh, the keys to everything that you need to know. Man. When it when it comes to a final exam, you're telling me you wouldn't spend seventy dollars to learn more about Mild Man? No, I would not. I'm gonna be honest. You know, I'm not I'm not the avid horror that you are that's that's fair fair point you know i overstepped i overstepped i'm I'm sorry i i know i know that it was it was enough to make you watch the movie and i know that but but i i don't know i i think that's the least you could do is you know you could spend the 70 dollars um but but that's all i'll say or you can you can maybe buy it for me for uh my birthday birthday, yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. but but uh i thought that was an interesting tidbit just the fact that there's a novelization on final exam out there is just it's a beautiful thought Yeah, yeah um but uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a pretty uh, uh, run of the bill uh, 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 making of situation. I know that um, uh, a lot of the uh, the uh, uh, sequences um, inside dormitories um, were uh, filmed in like abandoned dormitories that were refurbished and uh, for the movie. So you know when you I was I was thinking about that today just sort of and we'll we'll get into it when we get into the atmosphere and the music but I was thinking about sort of the 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 look of the campus and everything in the dorms you can definitely tell they're uh they've, they've been abandoned and maybe they've had a they've yeah. had a production designer go in there and 
just put some props in and everything yeah. like that. Some of that stuff looks rough. But I mean, it isn't too unlike, you know, our college days, our college dorm days. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, our doors weren't made out of plywood. <laughs> There are some very weak doors, I will say <laughs> yeah. that. But uh, but yeah, so I mean, I think I think this is just one of those those Jimmy Houston passion projects that just comes together at the end of the day. Um, and uh, as far as you know, all that's concerned, that's sort of that's sort of a little bit of uh, a little bit of the history, the making of. I think you know, it's 1980. Let's make a slasher film. Let's go to North Carolina. Let's take some LA actors and let's make a, uh, let's make uh, uh, animal house meets Halloween and we're going to do it. And um, as far as the, uh, uh, the execution and all that, you know, we'll get into that, but have you seen the poster? No. So I'm going to pull up the poster here. Um, so the poster, if, if you haven't checked it out, I, I, I definitely would. Um, but that's the poster right there. I'm showing Christian. Um, it, it, it's pretty, uh, pretty iconic. Um, I think it kind of has that, you know, what you see is what you get. You know, it, there's no, that's what I love about Final Exam. It's up front. It's up front with you about everything. Um, you know, you've got the silhouette of your killer here. Looks exactly like him. Um, you've got, uh, you know, him holding the butcher knife that he, uh, that he carries throughout the film. I wonder if he has it autographed. Do you think he like has his name? written on the butcher knife like the actor or the killer himself? no the killer yeah oh. it, it just says like killer that's just the thought that i had um yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh but yeah so you kind of got the uh what you see the exterior shots of uh now this would be limestone college a lot of the uh the college um uh atmosphere that you saw like when them walking around um basically just moving from class to class um the very terrible prank that we'll talk about oh god (laughs) um that looked like it was all filmed at limestone college and then i think like the cafeteria scenes things like that were filmed at the uh isothermal community college um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a pretty cool poster. It's got the cool little moon up there. The opacity is turned, turned really low. Um, and my favorite thing about the, uh, the poster is the tagline. Some may pass the test. God help the rest. That is so pretty good. It, it's good. And you have to think, you know, at this point in time, it was basically it, it, an integral part of the slasher zones was capitalizing on like uh, important dates, holidays. So like graduation day, April Fool's Day. Um, you know, you have all like like Happy Birthday to Me. Um, basically, all these movies, New Year's, New Year's Eve, Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth. The list goes on and on. Um, but I just thought it was an interesting idea to 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 go after sort of that weird spot in college where. You're having to like stay for those last two days. Yeah. We know about that. <clears throat> oh yeah. Um, and take the final exam, which is very interesting. But yeah, the tagline: "Some may pass the test, God help the rest." I, it's 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 a great tagline, but it also is it is it insinuating that passing the test is surviving, and are we led to believe that those that didn't pass the test, the chemistry exam, maybe are the ones that were killed? Or am I reading into it too much? I think you're reading Because Radish dies. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean... And, and and there's no way he failed. Yeah, but I mean, half the kids in that class went home. Well, yeah. You know? Yeah, so, but I mean, do you like, think they... Do you think it's a weird way of the movie, like, telling us who failed and who passed? Christian's shaking his head. He no. says, no, you're an absolute <laughs> fool. No, I, okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, I think the killer just went after whoever was there. 
That's fair. That's yeah. fair. You know, I, I, I think there was definitely some a screenplay that was helping him. Uh, a director, him, him, yeah. go kill him. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a good poster. I, I like the poster. I would buy this poster and I would hang it up. I, I, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. It's, 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 it's just enough. It's, it's, it's just enough to, to, you know, register in your brain, but not enough to be forgettable. Kind of like you know, it's kind of I don't know. I love it. You it, can throw it, it on Isaiah's door. Yeah, Isaiah's our roommate, um, our our third roommate. Um, yeah, well, we'll no, I, if if I was gonna get a poster, I'd want to at least get it for myself. I wouldn't want to just give Isaiah a free final exam poster. But <laughs> that's beside the fact. Thought I'd go into the 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 poster a little bit. I like the poster. I think it's pretty cool. Um, it, it, it is what it is, and that's what this movie is. It's unashamed to be to be what it is. Um. So uh, as far as the context of the movie, the backstory, things like that, do you have anything else that you would like to contribute, Christian, before we, uh, before we uh, leave Hollis alone? I do not. I do not. Okay. I think you did a really good job. I do. <laughs> Thank you. I do. Thank you. Thank you. It's not a laughing matter. I, I, did, I, did, I did some research. I found some, some interesting tidbits. And I think just, uh, uh, just sort of the fact that I know kind of where Jimmy Houston, writer-director's head, was when it came <laughs> to writing this movie. And it, it, there's a reason why the characters kind of are what they are, um, even though you know they do have that discount quality to them. Um, but uh, yeah, I I, I I like that aspect, and that was that was endearing to read, but um, and 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 learn about. But uh, but yeah, um, I guess we can leave Hollis alone, and we can. Uh, move on over to our, our, our seats and uh, uh, grab what we call a Crystal Lake Campari, where we talk about the atmosphere and the music. We're here. We got our Crystal Lake Campari in hand. Hollis just delivered it to our table. What a nice guy. Um, so, Christian, what would you like to tackle first, music or atmosphere? Let's do the music first. Do the music first. Okay. So, as far as the music goes, uh, me, I always like to say that I am terrible when it comes to music and noticing music and recognizing music. I have to basically watch a movie like two or three times before I, it even registers like, okay, I'm actually able to focus on the music. Um, so I may not be the best. I did I, I did look into the, the music and the score of the film and things like that and listen to it a little bit. Um, but as far as, you know, the music for you, you're a little bit more musically inclined than I am. You know, what, do you have any thoughts on the music? Did anything stand out to you? Yeah, yeah. So, all in all, I thought that music was, it was appropriate. <laughs> it was okay. appropriate. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I thought the music was good. Right, right. Um, for the most part. Yeah. But, however, when we first get onto the main college campus, and it um, goes to, oh, what's her name? In the, in the... In the bell tower? Yeah, in the bell Courtney. tower. Courtney yeah. the bell tower. Yeah. I, I could not help but feel like I was watching an episode of Full House. Like, <laughs> it was very, like, it was very, it was way too lighthearted. What you were referring to is, because uh, I've got the track listing. Yeah. You're referring to the love theme. That's what it's called. Love theme? Love theme. Yeah. Okay. It's the third track. Um, now, see... And we can we can talk about this a little bit more when it comes to atmosphere and stuff like that. I would definitely agree with you. I think it has sort of that 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 upbeat 
um, sort of cheesy sort of sitcom quality to it. Yeah. Um, and you didn't like that. I didn't like that. Because, okay. <clears throat> I will say it's kind of like, you know, like Lori from Halloween. She has her own theme. I think it's supposed to be endearing. It's supposed to be maybe a representation of Courtney the character. Well, was that her thing? That that was the only time I heard that music. Uh, it, it's played in that sequence, and then at the very end when okay. she goes on the steps. Okay. So I think it maybe might be her theme, or it could be that that towers theme. Holy shit! I mean, because that's where she is at the end. Maybe it's the bell tower all along. <laughs> the real, the real, the real bell tower was the friends we made along the way. Um, but uh, okay, so you didn't like that very much. No. Do no. You, okay. That that's I, I I can get on board with that. I I I liked it. I kind of liked what it was going for, but I, I I attributed it to Courtney and sort of her character. But I could see it. You know, I could see how it could be cheesy. Yeah come off as such now did you did you uh uh how, like anything else did any other sequences or whatnot stand out to you i mean not necessarily for the most part like it sounded like your generic you know typical horror movie yeah you know yeah. you have like the the super fast paced like <laughs> like yeah yeah <laughs> it, it, it was uh uh and I, i've seen it three times yeah, in the last yeah. week so I've, I've been able to really hone in on it um Heavy keyboard usage, heavy organ usage. The organ parts are really, really good. Um, I might, we might have to listen to this off the pod. Okay. Um, so it's something that I didn't pick up on first viewing, but then I really started to listen. And you listen to it just on its own. You just throw in some headphones or you know, hook it up to Alexa. Um, and uh, I, I found myself really falling in love with it. I, I really did. The, the this score, I'm telling you, it is. There are parts that are like uplifting in the love theme, and then there are parts like, um, especially with like the keyboard and and the organ parts in the end are very very interesting. I don't really I don't know how to talk about music, so it's just kind of like I I liked what it was doing. Um, because yeah. I mean I pulled up the track listing. Um, I think that I don't think you can get a digital copy. There's like, you can only buy it on vinyl or something like that. Um, but um, basically Gary Scott composed the film. Are you familiar with his work? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I, I honestly have no idea. He made his composing debut with this film, okay. which I thought was even more impressive. I mean, especially when you when you when you look at it. Um, but but uh, I think that Gary had a pretty successful career. Um, I think he did uh, he did some stuff like into the '90s and and stuff like that. But uh, he composed that. I thought he did a pretty good job um, as far as the track list goes. Um, I'll read off these names to you, and you tell me if you think these are these are good names. I've already revealed one: the okay. love theme. So we've got main title, which is I think what's overplayed the uh, uh, the intro when we're when we meet Dana and John. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got on the prowl. What do you think about that one? I think that's very appropriate for the, uh, and I'm assuming that's for that's for Dana and John. Oh, for Dan, I, I thought that was for the killer. It was, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. So like him stalking, yeah, him, yeah, yeah. And then you've got love theme. So that's when you cut to the, them in the bell tower. Then you've got, can you guess what scene this is from? Stealing the exam. This is Gary. Pledge Gary. Yeah. <laughs> um, love his heart. And then you've got mighty house of Gamma. Which I could not pinpoint. I do wonder if Mighty so Alpha Gamma is the fraternity. Yeah. I wonder if that's when they were, um, because I it's a very uplifting track. It could be when they're fleeing the scene. Yeah, it could be that. It it would be either that or it would have been when they take Pledge Gary out to the tree and everybody's like really excited. You yeah. remember that part? Those yeah. Really- <laughs> 
everybody's like yeah tie his ass up. everyone's from the school was yeah. out there yeah they were they were like let's see gary you know take his clothes off and get you know just because he got a girlfriend it's crazy yeah, yeah. um but uh, that's mighty house of gamma art in the dark you think about our resident artist lisa oh uh, lisa yeah and then you've got sweet young girls <laughs> I couldn't tell you where that's at. The wrong answer. Um, I don't know about that one. Um, you've got the Executionist song, which is the song that's played. Um, it actually has lyrics to it, and it's actually really good. It it, it has that's a, the one in the gym, right? No, that's the one when uh, that uh, uh, Radish is listening to when Wild Man breaks into his room. Uh, um, and it and and it has like uh, it reminded me of uh, uh, Ennio Morricone, the guy who does who's uh, really really legendary film composer like spaghetti westerns and stuff like that and it just reminded me of that it was it was good i think it was made just for the film um the massacre i i, I guess that would have been for that the killing could have been it could have been, been any time um courtney and radish oh, well that was yeah that, that's a great scene um the chase i and uh in title so uh there's all 13 songs 13 maybe that was an allusion to friday the 13th Am I reading into it too much? I think you're reading into it. Okay, too much. okay, you gotta you gotta walk me back from the ledge every once yeah, in a while. Yeah. I don't know, you never know. But uh, but yeah, so that's a track listing. Um, I was happy to be able to uh, to have access to that on YouTube. You guys can go and listen to it. It's pretty good, Christian. Christian, I don't I don't know I don't know how you feel about it. You thought it was there. It was appropriate. You didn't yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah, I you mean, didn't my, love it. it was just that one song. It was just that, that one song that pissed you off. The scene. It didn't. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. So for the context of it, like she's. It's just her sitting in that. It's just her, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bell tower, yeah. It's like love theme. Yeah, love theme. Who's she in love with? Maybe, maybe that is maybe the moment. Maybe that she, maybe she just had a moment where maybe that is the moment that she realized she was in love with Radish, and then we're we're it's just like we're we're just shoehorned in there. <laughs> I don't know. We're reaching. We're reaching. But that's what we do. We're 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 almost an hour in on final exam, so you yeah. know the, we're a deep dive podcast here, um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, I do remember that the score at the end during the chase sequence, which I think is called the chase, um, it was reminiscent of the Goosebumps theme where I had that dun 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 dun, but it didn't, you know, it didn't like commit. Yeah, it didn't do that. Yeah, it was just like dun 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 dun. But I thought like I I cannot communicate music at all, but. I appreciated the organ. I appreciated the keyboard. I appreciate just sort of the, this sort of how I, I think, let me just put it this way. I think if you took the music out, I, I think it would be a lesser film. That's what I'll say. And I think that ultimately this was a time period like when you did have, you know, iconic themes like Halloween and things like that. And it was probably trying to make its own, make its own iconic theme and things like that. And I thought there are some pretty iconic pieces of music here, but uh, that it contributed to the overall atmosphere. But, uh, um, do you have anything else that you would like to c- contribute to uh, Gary Scott's track listing? I his don't. work here on. I don't, but G- Gary, if you're listening to this, Gary, you out there? You need to rewrite the love thing. Whoa, Gary, don't listen to him. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's move into atmosphere. All right, so atmosphere. And I was, you know, I mentioned how it's kind of this intuitive thing. Atmosphere is a feeling that uh, sort of the world presents itself it, it incites emotion it could be you know uh, uh the way the characters dress to the environment the literal environment um to you know the 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 lens 
the the warm hue, like just whatever color tint. It, it, atmosphere is literally basically just the environment, the world of the movie, and um, it for me is very very important. It's it's a very very important aspect of a slasher film, and whether or not I enjoy it. So, as far as the atmosphere goes, you know, Lanier College, all things considered, how did you feel about? That? I mean, I thought it was good. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I I, I think I I think that is one of the standout um, attributes to this film. I think it has sort of this warm, cozy hue. It kind of makes me want to just grab a blanket. And I I don't know. It just has it. And and maybe it had. There's a nostalgic tie there. I think it's very reminiscent of Carson Newman, the college that Christian and I went to. Um, I think that it feels very contained and intimate. Um, It's got like a community esque environment. You know, everybody seems to kind of know each other. I mean, even the coach and the sheriff, you can tell it's like a tight knit community, like the coach and the sheriff, like grew up with each other and stuff like that. And I think that's sort of, um, their round, maybe that's incidental. I don't know, but that's just sort of kind of how I felt, um, as far as the atmosphere goes. Um, I thought that the college itself, um, you know, it's kind of like a small college that's enveloped in like surrounding greenery and nature where it could exist literally in any city so if you told me this was filmed in like new hampshire i would have believed you but then you know it's filmed in north carolina and i still believe you so it kind of has that vibe um of just existing just really anywhere um um, in america either you know in new england or the deep south or whatnot and i it just kind of has that that vibe about it um now, as far as, you know, uh, uh, the the look of the movie, things like that, you know, how did you feel about that? The look, the cinematography? Y- yeah, I it, mean, I thought it was fine. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was made in 1981, you know? It was made in 1981, yeah, and I, and I think that there are definitely, I, I, I do think that there are moments, and we'll get to them, I think where Jimmy Houston really excels as a director in just sort of knowing where to put the camera and as far as, like, what to look. But I think the overall look of it, um, it is pretty good, and I think it does a pretty swell job. Maybe this is the film um, talking, um, like the literal film, and and maybe it's just like the 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 summer the summer hue um, over the college. But I think it 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 it, it definitely has this nice, cozy, innocent environment um, that I think is very ripe for. Uh, it, it's very, very, the, the potential is there for a slasher like this. Um, I think that it, 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 it kind of has this, this vibe of a hangout movie. And I think that that sort of is something that, uh, uh, you could, you could tie back to Jimmy Houston's, um, uh, intentions with the movie as far as like making it more character focused and things like that. It kind of has that hangout movie vibe feel where the characters are all, uh, I mean, they're, they're entertained by one another. They have, you know, they, they, their conversations and things like that are, are pretty interesting and, and all that. And I think that they, for the most part, make it an interesting environment and, and somewhat believable somewhat. Um, but I, I love how they, uh, they like lament the fact that they have to take, um, classes outside their field. And I was like major liberal arts college vibes. Oh yeah. Cause, cause Mark's just like, I can't believe I have to take chemistry and I'm in advertising. (laughs) And then Courtney says something like, yeah, I hate when they, yeah, I can't believe they try to teach us all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it definitely captures the, the vibe of a small private liberal arts institution. Um, I think it's part nostalgia and I think it's just 
part, it just sort of being a very cozy environment to be in where I think that innocence um, really uh, comes through, um, especially in its characters and stuff like that. Um, I think it's very Halloween-esque almost as far as like it being a very uh, tight-knit environment that's under attack by this gruesome threat. Um, I think they do a good job as sort of laying the groundwork for a, a pretty innocent and cozy atmosphere. Um, and I, I liked that, those aspects of it. Um, as far as, you know, uh, sort of the, the overall, uh, I guess, through line of the film, it's kind of obsessed with uh, the lore of psychotic killers. So, you know, like, like Radish is obviously obsessed with, with the idea of, of a murderer, a psychotic, you know, maniac, yeah. um, professor, uh, uh, we'll talk about professor Reynolds when he talks about Charles Whitman. Um, and, uh, obviously the prank, the shooting prank. The prank. Why don't we talk about that for a second? <laughs> okay. So, so I guess this would be part of the atmosphere. You've got college. You've got college uh, boys, some yeah, rough and rowdy rascals, fraternities, which is not something that Carson Newman really had. We, we th- that was one thing that we did not experience. No. was frat life, and I'm I'm happy about it. <laughs> yes. I think I am overall. I mean, no offense. I I, I, I it's just something I I could live without. And I'm, I'm I'm glad that. But yeah, I mean, we, so how do we? Let me just say this about, so basically for those of you who haven't seen the movie, about 20 minutes into the film, um, and, and there's some cross-cutting going on. So this is after uh, uh, the two lovebirds have been killed in the opening, the cold open, um, and it kind of reveals the killer, and you know that um, it, it reveals sort of, uh, uh, you know that the killer drives a van. Um, and they utilize this, they hook onto this by uh, uh, sort of following this van around campus and like having this sort of mysterious off-putting vibe around it, you know, with the music and stuff like that. But basically they cross-cut, um, uh, they, they, they lead you to believe that this van that is um, driving around campus is the killer um, all the way up to the point. Uh, and, and basically this takes place during the, the exam that, you know, the main characters are taking. Um... But yeah, one thing leads to another, um, and the van is revealed not to be full of a psychotic killer, I mean, as far as we know, <laughs> but it cuts to the inside, the in, the interior of the van, and you see like automatic weapons, things like that, and you're like, wait a minute, is, is, is this the is killer? <laughs> so basically, Alpha Gamma, um, this... Uh, I think it's Lanier College's notorious fraternity. I think it's their only fraternity. I think it probably is. I, I do know that it's alluded to as as like a very troubled, they're always in trouble, things like that. I think I can see why. But basically, uh, Alpha Gamma uh, pulls a prank um, on the campus uh, where they pull up in a van. Um, about four or five of them jump out with fully automatic rifles and then start spraying. And the prank is that they have like three or four uh, plants that are walking on campus with, I guess, blood pouches that explode (laughs) on command. And basically their prank is that they they pull a a mass shooting prank 
um, on campus. And everyone's okay with ever, it. Is there a prank that has aged less well? <laughs> no. I, 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 I remember watching this for the first time and just being completely in shock and off, just completely taken aback by this. And, and not obviously because of just how like just vile and just disgusting this, this prank is. I, don't, I hesitate to even call it a prank. Like this is like a crime. It's a full on crime. Full on crime. Nobody may have been injured, but I will say there are shells being discharged from the guns. Yeah. Um, so were they just spraying and hoping that they did not hit anybody? They're probably blanks. Do shells still discharge from blanks? I don't know. I don't know anything about guns. <laughs> I don't, I don't a, know anything about guns. I am not um, a gun owner. And 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 this little this little stunt does not make me uh, does not make me want to know more. Let's just put it that way. Um, but I was really interested in this. I I wanted to know why this was thrown in, and I think that when I think when you think about like why this is a part of the movie like where does this have i think that in some way or another like i like i was alluding to like the film is sort of obsessed with the idea of of a psychotic killer of of just something terrible happening to innocent people like things that have no motive things that are just happen basically it's just obsessed with the idea of just terrible a, a terrible tragic thing happening um uh, through the mode of, of a serial killer or a killer uh, or multiple. And I guess that's sort of its reason for being there. Um, and I guess it's just there to show us that Alpha Gamma doesn't mess around. Um, I mean, I, what did you think about this, Christian? I was, I, I was not expecting it to happen. No, no, I you told know? you. I said there's going to be, there's going to be a thing and there's going to be a prank in this movie and you're not going to believe it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, when we were watching it, I legit, when these people, like, <laughs> the the first, like, swipe by with the people inside the van, I was like, is, yeah, is this a suicide yeah, squad? You like, see, you see, yeah, 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 you see, like, the gun and everything. I, this, it, it is insane. And, and yeah, basically, it's all a prank. Um, they're, basically, they lead the entire campus to believe that there's been a mass shooting and, like, three to four students have died. But what they do is that they uh, they go and grab the students that are, or the, the, the fraternity boys that are in on it, the ones that have blood pouches and, like, explode on command and they pretend to be dead. They go and they grab these guys and load them in the van and drive off with them. So, basically, just leaving everybody to think that it's, like, a kidnapping-type deal. Um, but at the same time, though, only one person's concerned. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. Oh, I, yeah, no, 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 that's what I was going to get into. Yeah. Is one thing. So this is this this scene is is sort of crosscut. It's taking place during uh the exam. So our main characters like Radish, Courtney, Mark, Wildman, they're all taking this chemistry exam. Um and uh I love how everyone is still taking the exam while like the audible sounds of fully automatic gunfire <laughs> and students screaming is is being heard and everybody's like what's going on out there yeah. <laughs> and 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 that's what i was going to say like and and you could talk you know are we cuz basically like you said nobody really bats an eye are we supposed to believe that word of mouth spread so quick that 5 minutes after this horrifying incident happens the whole entire campus that is still there is aware of it because literally it just happens and is never touched on because obviously it's a prank but like 
Radish is the only one who cares. Yeah. He follows, he, he, he trails the van, gets the light, the tag number, and then calls the old sheriff. The sheriff. <laughs> the sheriff. He was better off not calling the sheriff. Seriously. Like, um, but I, 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 it's just so bizarre. It, yeah. It's that one moment in the film that if everything else about its being is very uh, uh, generic and very, you know, boilerplate and just sort of simple and surface level, this is the one thing where you're like, whoa, holy shit. <laughs> this yeah. is this is awful. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I, atmosphere um you definitely get the 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 college life the the warm cozy college the college life quote unquote um but i i did enjoy all other aspects the 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 mass shooting prank aside i enjoyed the aspect of uh of pretty much everything that it's going for atmosphere wise and i enjoyed being in the world and i thought it was was a fun place to be in um but uh yeah i that was that was Absolutely crazy. Um, but do you have anything to sort of touch on when it comes to the shooting prank? Um, any uh, any other atmosphere things you noticed about the college itself, the characters? Before we get into the the nitty gritty. Um. No. Well, I think because of that prank. Yeah. That's like that was the director's way of letting us know that Steve was also in that fraternity. Yeah, yeah. Wait, are you talking about Mark? Yeah, Mark. Mark. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. He looks like a Steve. No, he's a Steve. Yeah, I yeah. mean, literally, you could Greg, Steve, <laughs> John. Um, uh, no offense to anyone. No, no Greg, offense. Steve, Steve or John. Or John. We I love apologize. You guys. We love you guys. I mean, my name's Troy. It's a pretty basic name, but um, so yeah. And 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 when we get to his character, we can talk about that a little bit. But yeah, he is. That's how you figure out that he uh, he basically. Um, uh, is in the exam during that that time period. He's not freaked out at all. Um, no. When we get to his character, we'll, we'll talk we'll about discuss we'll it. discuss him and and just him. But yeah, that is a way of like letting us know that uh, uh, kind of that wild man and Mark are a part of are a part of that fraternity. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, that's uh, that was disturbing. That was disturbing. That's probably the scariest part of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but uh, but yeah. So. I dig the atmosphere. What about you? What would you What would you give the atmosphere just as a whole on a scale of one to ten? One to ten? Yeah, one to ten. Probably, All things. Probably like a eight or nine. Okay. Yeah. Dang. That's 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 pretty high praise. You don't want to. Yeah. I mean. I mean. Yeah. You know, as far as a college campus goes, like, or like a small college campus, like, yeah, that's pretty pretty spot on. Yeah. The only thing, like, I think the cafeteria was kind of weird. It, it, it was it did like look, a summer camp cafeteria. Yeah, it resembled that, or like a high school cafeteria or something like that. But that, like the cafeteria um, in my hometown, was kind of kind of looked like that, where it had the long tables and circular tables too. Mm-hmm. But it was still a nice building. It was just, yeah, it, 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 that was kind of strange. Um, but uh, but yeah, so you give it you give it like an eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah? I mean, I thought it was, it, it was pretty a fun, solid. Yeah, if you watch more slashers with me, you'll see some bad slasher spheres. Yeah, and you you you'll really understand what I'm talking about. But maybe other people are like this the atmosphere in this movie sucks and but but we christian and i we like the atmosphere we pretty, dig it it's pretty nice good job jimmy and i mean i think i think there there are moments it is it is a competently made film i will say that i don't think this is a movie that you can laugh at the direction you can laugh at the the camera work like i think it has some promise here and i think it definitely has some 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 good spots but um but uh anything else you'd like to touch on for oh can we talk about that water tower area 
the water tower. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the one where uh, Janet yeah. uh, uh, dies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about that? Yeah, there, there was a cool, I do know that there was a cool effect there um, when she, and we won't talk about her character too, too much, um, but I do know that there's a cool effect there when we're talking about direction, when she's going to look for Pledge Gary after uh, she's not going to find him. But yeah. <laughs> there is a cool reveal where uh, the killer, I like the what they do with the, the killer and silhouette a lot of times in this movie. But there is a point where, like, she's looking for Pledge Gary and she, like, hears a noise. Is it a water tower? I think there was a water tower behind it, but I don't know what that structure was. I don't know what it is either. Like, it was just this random concrete structure just, like, in the middle of their campus. Do you think it's, like, the, like, a maintenance area? Maybe. It, it, it had, like, it looked like an observatory almost. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't. I, I don't know. I, I would like, it, was, it had, like, a, like, almost, like, water plant vibes yeah. to it or something i don't know i bet we could because now that i think was at the community college okay so maybe we could look it up do some research and yeah, then maybe yeah. we could post it to the socials just to give everybody some trivia um but yeah there was a cool effect there where um janet looks up at the what we'll call the water tower and the water plant whatever and uh she like steps away and like you see the uh the killer up there um in the uh like in silhouette just standing there and she thinks it's greg and she like goes up there and everything that's a pretty cool sequence it's a cool structure. The bell tower is cool. Mm. Um, there's there's a building that I, I told you looked like Chambliss, which is very inside baseball for people that don't know what Carson David looks like. But there's a building um, that looks like a, the psychology building um, that are uh, psychology. You know, it, it looks like the psychology building at Carson David. But yeah. Um, but yeah. Anything else, Christian? That's it. That atmosphere it. music? Nothing else. All right. Well, you know, that, that Crystal Lake Campari of yours looks to be uh, a little empty. Yeah. So why don't we go over to the bar and uh, why don't we talk about a little bit of ensemble and fodder with what we call bad sex on the beach. One, two, three, four, five, six. I wonder where Mike and Linda are. <laughs> They're out on the beach. They've been gone a long time. <laughs> okay, so we've got our bad sex on the beach in hand. Um, and we thought we would break it down for uh, for everyone today by breaking it up into the spared and the not spared. Um, so the characters that died and the characters that didn't die. And we'll start with the characters that didn't die, the ones that passed the test, if you will. So we'll start with, oh, Christian's favorite, Professor Reynolds, played by Don Hepner. Um, this man was a scumbag. He, he was a scumbag. Uh, Hepner, though the actor, um, not a lot on him. Uh, I know he he was uh, a stand up comedian from New York uh, that didn't do much outside four to five films from the eighties. <laughs> he had some chops though. He kind of played that role pretty well. Um, he reprised his role as teacher um, as an animation instructor. Um, in one film, he played Johnny's friend in another film. Okay. And he also played man in, oh, in, a, nice. in size, dude, man, <laughs> people were noticing. They saw this film and they were like, holy shit, this dude can act. This is a good side. But you know what? He's doing a lot more than I am. So, oh. um, so Dr. Reynolds, um, uh, or, or professor Reynolds, whatever you want to call him. Um, so he's the chemistry professor the the chemistry professor that's administering the chemistry exams that our students are are taking uh pretty much when we're introduced to them um so he's 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 interesting um he's kind of i mean he he uses the threat um 
of a hidden sniper um, in McWilliams Tower to prevent the students from cheating on his exam. Um, he kind of just, you know, jokes about that. Um, that's a that's a situation where you're like, okay. Um, maybe that, I should drop this class. Maybe I should drop this class, even though it's the final. Yeah, yeah. Can we still take the dub? <laughs> Can I just go? You're um, going to shoot me? He also says that he's that uh, that sniper is uh, anxious to bag a few students of his own. He yeah, basically yeah. Uh, uh, says that um, this particular sniper uh, had something to do with, uh, I think it's Charles Whitman. Do you know anything about Charles Whitman? I don't. Basically, I think it was like in the early 60s, this UT Austin, U- Texas Austin student, basically like went into a tower or whatnot and like opened fire oh. on students and like, killed 14 people wounded uh, some others and that's who he's uh, so basically he's talking about he, he was saying there's a hidden sniper who has something to do with that particular that particular shooting and and then radish is like oh charles whitman one of my favorites and then he starts elaborating on that and doing all that but uh it's another one of those examples of like the film sort of like just sort of interacting with or maybe just utilizing like situations um from the past that sort of foreshadow kind of what's to come and like those random acts of violence and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he's definitely one of those professors who's not afraid to, uh, to joke about that type of stuff, I guess. And to, to say, you know, don't cheat on my exam or we got a, we've got a, uh, a sniper that was tied to a, uh, a mass shooting that took place 20 years ago. Um, and he's anxious to, to bag you. Um, so that was interesting, but, uh, Another interesting uh, element to his character outside of that is he's in an undisclosed relationship with one of his students. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't want his doesn't want his students to cheat, but <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got ourselves a hypocrite here. Yeah, this this man is a scumbag. I will say, yeah, about yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, when it comes to that, yeah, right. This man is, you, you know, you know those boomer comics where people are like, oh my wife. You know, (laughs) they just complain about their wives. That's what this man does in front of, what's her face? In front of Lisa. uh, Lisa. Yeah. 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 He he goes, I hope that redheaded wife of mine doesn't find out. I'm like, what? I had that down. I had, has a redheaded wife. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, dude, you might want to have a conversation with your wife if you, if you, if you would stoop this low, you know? Well, Lisa also alludes to the fact that, um, she's like 30 at this yeah. point like she says what are you th- what is she 30 now so i guess he maybe this is a relationship with his student that turned into a marriage and i, I, don't, I don't know if they have a family or whatnot this but man's in his 60s you think so i would Either i would late I would, 50s sick early 60s i i, I would have pegged them at like early 50s i don't know he's oh we'll have to look up that age yeah he look, he he looks old well and he doesn't really play much of a role outside of this outside of giving sort of like sort of painting the picture that the film wants you to when it comes to sort of alluding to you know uh other tragic shooting events and and just having this weird sort of uh uh uh, relationship with lisa that i guess sort of makes her i i think it definitely and we'll 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 talk about that i think she sort of compliment or she he compliments lisa um I think she he he compliments her character to sort of sort of uh, uh, develop her character a little bit more and what she's like. But outside of just being the prof- I mean, you got to have a professor that yeah. you, we see. He's the I only mean, professor. He, that he's we the see. only professor that we see. He has his like student helpers, his student aides, um, and um, 
yeah, I mean, he's 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 basically just uh, uh, just uh, just your your chemistry professor backslash scumbag. <laughs> Bless you. Christian sneezing. Bless you, Christian. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Um, but uh, but yeah, he uh, he does say this a little bit a little bit of character um, uh, uh, building that we do get. Lisa is sort of talking about how you know she's wanting to leave you know the school behind and she's bored and all things like that. And she's like, you know, why don't you get out of here? And he says, Well, I won't leave because I love the sweet girls that throw themselves at me. Yeah. <laughs> When, that, you, when you hear someone saying that, you call the police. You call the police. Actually, well, maybe I don't know not. If you can, I don't even know if you could call the police call, in this town. Call the police from the next town over. <laughs> oh man, I, these I, I really think these these kids were really just screwed from the get go. Yeah, I mean, it, it 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 just it just is what it is. But yeah, he's kind of just that character. It, he kind of does sort of serve to be kind of like that 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 scummy adult that you would see in a teen <clears throat> sex comedy, like one that's just very sexually promiscuous himself and. It's 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 very interesting, but I think he's fun. Mm. No, I would not I, want to like come across. I, I think, in the grand scheme of things, he is the scumbag that introduces <laughs> us to the other scumbags. Yeah. You know, he's he's he is the uh, he's the porter that takes us to across the 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 scumbag waters to the yeah. to the, the mecca of scumbags. He is he is the he is the he's Moses parting the Red Sea. <laughs> Taking us to the other scumbags. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Because I mean, we are introduced to Mark and Wildman before the 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 classroom sequence, but I think that that's definitely a, a part where we really see Mark and Wildman really uh, become their own. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have much on um, Doctor Reynolds um, and Don Hepner, the actor. Um, do you? No, no. I mean, that again. That's the only scene we see him in. Yeah, yeah. Is that one scene? And uh, Lisa thinks she sees him in her 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 fate scene, but sucks because yeah. they do make arrangements to meet that night Lisa in her classes. art studio. Yeah, she does. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so we'll get into our next character, our uh, our our spared character, <laughs> the sheriff. God, <laughs> played by Sam Kilman. If if. If there was a character that was spared that needed to die, it was him. It was him. Now I will say, Kilman, I, I alluded to this earlier in uh, the Hollis the bartender section when we were talking to Hollis that uh, the cat the crew would basically play extra roles and things like that. This is one instance where the crew kind of played a main character. Okay. Kilman was the film's dialogue coach. What? <laughs> yeah. That says a lot. That says a lot. Yeah. So Kilman was the film's dialogue coach. So he's basically on set coaching these actors on dialogue. Um, and uh, didn't really do that much. He was an actor on the TV show Dallas. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Um, and uh, in return to Macon County, I, I, that, I, that's just what he was credited for. But uh, I thought that was really interesting. I thought, you know, you know, he. I think he really sold that southern accent pretty well. Um, I, oh, yeah. I, I think he definitely contributes to. I guess you know, the more that I think about it, the more that it is kind of harder to believe that that's, this does place take place in like New England or something. Because 
I think him, the coach, the security guard, wild man, I think they all kind of paint the picture of this being kind of a backwoods, you know, uh, Carolina and deep south uh, college. But so the sheriff himself, the dialogue coach, that's just funny to me. Um, I just wonder if they were like, man, we need you. We need you to be the sheriff. And he was like, I, I bet he's like a really sweet guy. Yeah, probably. He probably, he, I mean, he sold that accent pretty well. I mean, I, I think he, he was pretty good at line delivery. I can't, I mean, he's, he's, he's a master of his craft. He is. He is. Um, I also had on here, what a piece of shit. <laughs> the character, yeah. I'm not saying Sam Kilman. Nah. Um, he shows up an hour late to a reported mass shooting. And I don't yeah. know if it's exactly an hour late. It's a long time. So Radish basically trails the van that has what, you know, everyone believes to be mass murderers in it. Um, You know, gets the license plate, calls the sheriff, gets a hold of this guy. Um, Why is law enforcement miles and miles away? Um, Because he talks about how he had to drive all the way out there. And it's just like, why, why is it? Miles and miles away and represented by one man. Exactly. That's what I was wondering. It's like, why don't they have at least like a, a deputy sheriff or any any kind of deputies out there, you know? <clears throat> the only other law enforcement person is the security guard. Yeah, we'll yeah, get to yeah, later. Yeah, but. yeah. And, and, and maybe because I think that that's ultimately what they – he's like the SRO officer. He's like campus security. And I think ultimately it does sort of harken back to this tight-knit because like – Sheriff Mitch and Coach, they're they're like all know each other, yeah. And I, you get the feeling that they grew up together. So I don't know if it's one of those things where he just like trusts Mitch, and he's just like there doesn't need to be any other other forms of law enforcement or anything well, out there in the area. But even, I don't even think that's legal. I don't think that's that would be like you would have a law like I, I don't know. Well, even when the sheriff was like, "All right, I guess I'll do something about this," the security guard he's like he's like. Now, you know I have jurisdiction of this area. <laughs> yeah, he says, like, I know. Yeah, no. He says, you know, I got it all figured out. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> and, I, and I mean, the sheriff shows up, and he's just such a dick. He's, yeah. he's just like, he shows up, and he's like, now we got a call about a reported multiple shooting. Yeah. And he says, now they're the better. Bodies? Yeah, he says, now we better find a multiple shooting, or somebody's going to wish. There was a multiple shooting. There was shooting. a new multiple shooting. I'm and, like, sir, and, dude, <laughs> that is not how you respond to this situation. Um, so he, he's he's he just embodies like all the worst attributes of a police <laughs> officer and and just somebody that you would put your trust in. A stereotypical, police stereotypical. Officer. It's it, 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 he's he's definitely a stereotype. I, I think Kilman plays him pretty well. Um, but he doesn't really serve much of a purpose than to just piss us off yeah. and to just show us that there is just really no hope for these kids. The adults suck. Um, I mean, they are adults, but like, you know, their superiors, quote unquote, suck. Yeah. They're in terrible hands. Well, even when Radish calls him later on, he's like, yeah, no, he's yeah. like, Oh, you want me to come out there? You want me to come out there again? What? No, it, 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 it's just, man, do your job. There Also, um, the coach, because um, basically there comes a point where the sheriff is like starting to turn and like he basically, uh, he basically, um, you know that there's a police department because he goes back to his cruiser and he uh, uh, sends the uh, the license plate number back to the station and they read it and they tell him that it's um, uh, registered under a John Chambliss, 
which is actually a callback to the producer of the film. Um, but it's actually Wildman's dad, and then you figure out that you know it's Wildman's van, and then he starts training on Wildman and uh, the football players. And this is when Coach is like, hey, now, now, you know, I don't, I don't know if we can go that far now. So he, I remember you jumping off the water tower back in the day. Yeah, yeah. He basically said that, now, I don't want to start any trouble. I don't want to, you know, I don't want people to know that, you know, you and uh, the rest of uh, your squad let the library burn to the ground after somebody <laughs> hit the fire yes. hose and you guys were drunk. So basically this man, if you want a you good representation of, of, of the local law enforcement, they let the, the fire, or no, they let the library burn to the ground <laughs> back in the day. And I guess this is just what coach uses as a form of blackmail, um, to get him, but to, to, to not, you know, uh, uh, prosecute the football players and get them in trouble. But at the same time, it's like, who's coach going to tell the sheriff? Yeah, for real, for <laughs> real. I mean, it, it's just like, I guess the sheriff is worried that his reputation will be ruined or yeah. whatnot. I wonder, like, I guess he's elected. This man was elected. Oh yeah. Uh, so, yeah that's rough but yeah. uh but yeah oh sheriff um yeah it doesn't he, he's kind of there to just be kind of a character in this movie to show us that you know these kids are really not in good hands and just to present <laughs> more of a danger than anything else um what about you do you have anything else that you did yeah no i mean i agree with that i well however i think there's another character that shows that, that they're even more silent <laughs> <laughs> well we'll get to that um I, and, and, and if you're talking about the character i think you are then i think we're talking about them next okay um so we'll move on from the sheriff to campus security guard <laughs> <Yes>! bitch. <laughs> this man okay <laughs> uh the campus security guard mitch is an alcoholic he's a drunkard yes yes, yes. who he just he sleeps the entire time he does and and that was something i was going to ask you um so uh, security guard mitch is played by rc nanny okay um he was an actor in three films this being one of them in the 70s and 80s so I, that's the thing that I, I'm loving about this movie is just these these actors like we're we're just barely in anything else. So it's just like touching the surface. Well, that's how it is with a lot of horror. Movies. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a drunkard. Um, and I was gonna ask you in the end, you know, when Courtney is running away she, the, the, during that chase sequence, is he asleep or dead in the truck? I think he's Do you asleep. think he's so drunk that he's like blacked out? Yeah. And okay. Because, I mean, that's the thing is that they, I feel like if he were dead, then they would have probably have alluded to like a wound or something or yeah. they would have shown us something. But, yeah, he's a drunkard. Um, he is, uh, I guess, the only form of campus security. I guess he's like the key holder. I guess he's like the RA. <laughs> if there's an yeah. RA, uh, there's a res life. Like, I guess I, I imagine him being the director of residence life, director of campus security. Like, he's the guy that, like, shows you to your dorm room. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, here's a key. Um, or maybe he's the type of guy that, like, holds the keys and is just like, he's definitely one of those old types, those traditionalist types where if you get locked out of your room, you call him and he's like, He's not answering. Yeah, he's You're out there all now. night. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's a working man that can interfere with tradition. And and th there's that part when Pledge Gary is tied up to the tree and he walks up to him and Pledge Gary's like, oh my God, please help untie me, untie me. He's like, well, I can't do that now. You know, I'm a working man. You know, I can't interfere with old tradition. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you get a girl. Like, sir, do your job. Do your job. <laughs> But I guess I, I think you're led to believe that maybe he is a, a Lanier College alumnus 
and maybe he was uh, 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 an alpha gamma uh for fraternity boy as well uh, in the 1800s, in the 1800s yeah um, so he uh he he basically is just there to even further embolden the the just the absolute recklessness and negligence of of the 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 superiors and the people that are supposed to be carried for these students so um I, yeah he, he is he definitely has some uh he, he hunts with coach you know that he's a hunter, mm-hmm. um, and you know that he's a boozer, and uh, that's it. That's it. That's pretty much it. I, I, he was, a, he's a fun character. I enjoy him. Yeah, as as a character, if I would not, I would, I could probably say this about most of the characters in this movie. I would want them to remain in it. I think there is they 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 all complete. They they all play an important role in the in the in the the, the overall whole. Um, but, uh, but yeah, do you have anything else you would like to touch on with campus security guard, Mitch? No. All right. Well, oh man, I'm going to miss him. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. Um, so we'll move on to our last spared, um, ensemble character of note. And that's Elizabeth, um, played by Mary Ellen Withers or Withers, um, she, Withers didn't do much after this movie. <laughs> she, I think this was she like, withered. She withered. She withered away. Her career um, withered. I, I, I think this was her maybe one of her only screen credits. I just said that she's a major background character, like that. You said that she, she, you said earlier that she gets sent off to to get Janet when Pledge Jerry, Jerry, Gary <laughs> gets tied up. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, uh, do you have anything that else to, to? I mean, not really. She's really not like. She's just there. She is there. She I she's think... she's basically an extra, but she has some speaking parts. And I also, well, never mind. I was gonna I say, I think she extra, might but... be the RA, but then she's. I don't think she. I is. don't think there's. She, a... she took so long trying to find out where um, Janet is. Janet is, and also where um, Courtney and. Lisa, Lisa, live. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's RAs here. I, I, I think that the Mitch is the RA. He is. A, <laughs> I think that Mitch is the sole, the sole, um, uh, enforcer. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm gonna go with that. I think. I think. I think Elizabeth is just kind of a, a background friend. Um. There's this scene where she's looking for Janet. Yeah. I don't know if this was a like a, a character choice. Or what? But she picks a massive wedgie. <laughs> she's going, like you said, she doesn't know where Lisa and Courtney live. So she's going down and like knocking. Well, well, she's looking for Janet, but, I, but I'm assuming that she thinks that she'll be in one of the rooms. So she's like knocking on doors. And there's just a moment where she's walking and she just picks a massive wedgie. And I'm like, did she think the camera was off or something? <laughs> Um, I, I, no, because she's still going. I, I she th- maybe she thought to herself, you know, I really need to give these people something to remember me by, and I'm gonna just pick a fat wedgie right now, just to pick a big old. I'm just gonna pick a big old wedgie. Um, that was just that that stood out to me, and 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 it also um, she's a two piece of gum user. Um, when she's in the uh, when she's in Lisa and uh, Courtney's room, she uses two pieces of gum. Which is something that I always do. How many how many sticks of gum do you or pieces do you do you only are you a one? Yes. I always do two. I feel like one's like the you know the typical thing to do. I always do two. It's more flavorful. 
I mean, I the gum I get, one's good enough. Okay, that's fair. I, I, I think that just resonated with me, was just seeing her use two pieces of gum rather than just one. I like that about her. I think that it says she's she's extra. She she definitely she definitely was trying to get our attention, and I think it, it did work to a certain degree. Um, but that's Elizabeth. That's her story. <laughs> that's final it. exam. She, Nothing else. She doesn't even. She she just leaves. She might have had a stage career afterwards, maybe in theater or something. Because uh, she I mean she wasn't a bad actress. I don't think. I mean, I, I it, she she gave us something to remember her by. And I I if if you're out there, Mary Ellen Withers. I saw you. I see you. And I appreciate it. We both it. see you. We both see you. Um, like I saw it on SoundCloud. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we get into the uh, the not-so-spared characters, do you have anything else that you'd like to say about the spared? I mean, for the most part, the spared characters needed to be not spared. <laughs> Other than Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth, yeah. She didn't she, she was wrong. the only one that was, that was okay. But, I, like, the sheriff, man, if the killer should have just flown over to, he should have just hopped on a plane and gone over to the sheriff's office and just taken him out. This definitely is one of those cases where you really, really are upset that none of these people got it. Yeah. I mean, it really does just really make it upsetting that that the sheriff didn't get it the scumbag dr reynolds didn't get it i i I don't know but i I don't know maybe maybe it's all maybe it all had a purpose meaning i don't know but well without further ado i guess we can move on to the to the lives we lost um during jimmy houston's 1981 slasher piece final exam in the arms of an angel so we'll move on to the not spared and we're going to take this in order of death so we'll start out with what we learn in the novelization to be John, the the male lovebird that we see in the film's cold open um, at March College. Um, 